Thank you so much to our new patrons, Autumn Lycum, Madeline Meeker, and Jason Charns. Folks, you are the Nilla wafers in our banana pudding. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love it. That's a good one. <laughs> if you'd like to support Book Reviews Kill and gain access to exclusive full-length episodes, deleted scenes, videos, and monthly giveaways, please click on the link in the description for this episode. Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, Dungeons & Dragons enthusiast Joe Manganiello will be adapting Dragonlance for the screen. The classic D&D series Dragonlance, written by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, saw its first publication with 1984's Dragons of Autumn Twilight and has gone on to garner a devoted following among fantasy and D&D fans. In 2017, Manganiello co-wrote a spec script for a film version of Dragons of Autumn Twilight for Warner Brothers. In a YouTube video released by Black Forest Wood Company, the actor alluded to working on both a D&D documentary and a TV series. Manganiello said, quote, I work for Dungeons and Dragons. I'm actually shooting a documentary right now and I'm developing a TV show for them. It's clear now that this D&D TV show is a live action Dragonlance adaptation. I'm into it. Dude, I'm here for it. Yeah, you read those books, right? Yeah, it was a, it was a ways back. I've never seen the animated uh, movie, though. It was like in 2014 Oh, I forgot that was even a thing. Yeah. I don't want this to sound negative, but I feel <laughs> like they're just, they're like, if it's fantasy, green light. Greenlight Fantasy, Game of Thrones was a hit, The Witcher was a hit, Rings of Power probably made a lot of money, even though it was all right. <laughs> it's just okay. Yeah. And then like The Wheel of Time, we got Willow, we got everything. Like, let's yeah. just, we're doing it all. Fantasy and dystopian futures where we've destroyed our planet and are suffering the consequences are <laughs> so in right now. They're like the, the vampires of what, 2005? I mean, I remember there was a big zombie craze in like the early 20 teens when like, mm-hmm. like like late 2000s early 20 teens with like the walking dead and then you had like all the all the zombie video games and stuff but yeah vampires was really big for a little while it was like right when twilight was really big yeah and they had like the vampire diaries and true blood true blood yeah like i was that. really yeah. into that for a while <laughs> it's, it's so okay nasty. yeah yeah it's nasty uh in a, in a lot nasty. of in a lot of nasty ways Yes, for real. <laughs> Did you ever? Um, I've never played, but I was always jealous. It was really big on the um, U of O University of Oregon campus when I was living in Eugene, and there was like this nationwide zombie game going on where you'd be like, somehow you would get involved with it, and there were people be wearing armbands, and if they like saw each other, they'd like chase each other down. There was all these like rules and stuff, and there was like packs of roaming zombies on the U of O campus. <laughs> no, I never got into. It. Was it like Pokemon Go but zombies? Kinda, yeah, and a little bit more like a, a, a team sport. Phones, obviously, I used to set up a sandwich board and and teach a hack one hundred and one, <laughs> and have some epic ha- hacky sack circles. And so, <laughs> uh, they would the zombies would always come in, but they move slow. And I was like, man, you can't do that when you're hacking, you know. Do you think that the Dragonlance show will be solid, or do you think it'll be kind of like the, the CW, like kind of wheel of timey wimey kind of? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't say. Besides the Magnum, that guy. I don't know. I have no idea what's mm. going on with that. I just read this little article here. If it's Netflix, it's a solid 50-50. They seem to be really hit or miss. They have like, I don't know. Let's just say they have 100 writers. I don't know how many they have. But let's say they have 100. And it seems like 40 of them are really good. Maybe 30. 30 of them are really good. And the other 70 are not good at all. And so when you're like just clicking away on Netflix, you can get yourself to some like, oh, this is just awful and then you can find yourself some 
really quality stuff. And so I don't know if it's Amazon. Eh, I don't, I don't really have yet. a lot of faith. I feel like most studios are pretty hit or miss, except HBO. HBO seems to put out fairly solid. Oh, there's another bit of news, actually, when, it, when we're talking about uh, fantasy TV shows and stuff like that. Apparently, uh, House of the Dragon, the next season, is only going to be eight episodes instead of ten. Uh, wow. I guess they were going to do 10, but then they cut it down to eight. They said it was for the story, but then in the article I read, somebody was like, it was probably because they didn't want to spend the money, <laughs> which like <laughs> makes so much more sense. But um, I guess they also wanted to do it to kind of like expedite getting the third season out. You oh, know? cool. Um, so I kind of looked at it as like, this might be cool because then we'd get like 16 episodes in like two years instead of 20 episodes in like four years. Right. And there's like 57 other shows coming out about Game of Thrones. So it's like they're probably just trying to like turn and burn, you know, but they're putting time and quality into them, which I love. So this is not well researched. This is not uh, journalism here, folks. Uh, the, but, yep. but like I did hear that they canceled the, the Snow show with Jon Snow. Um, oh. that it was like in like pre-development or whatever and they were like we're not going to do this for like whatever reason right. that could be like super wrong his best friend to write it and stuff he's actually a really good writer I think <laughs> if they are not going to move forward with the Jon snow show when i read that i was like well yeah i mean like i didn't care no he's <laughs> not a main like character a, he's eh. a really good some of the time main character i mean what would it even be about i don't know just like adventuring in the north another night king here we go right. again <laughs> Like, I don't think that's what it would be. It would just be like the the inner politics of the wildlings up north or something. And like, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I have no idea. I'm sure idea. it'd be more interesting than that. But I just don't know how much you could really scoop out of that bucket. You know, with the Targaryen stuff, it's like there's so much backstory, so much lore. There's tons of it. And I think what, it. what would be a really excellent show for them to do, if they're going to keep making Game of Thrones, uh, Song of Ice and Fire spinoffs and stuff like that. I think Robert's Rebellion would be awesome. Oh, yeah. That would be great. Or even like the the Greyjoy Rebellion, or if they could mm -hmm. do both, that would be awesome. They wouldn't even have to get the same actors or anything. It'd be fine. I really hope that uh, the D&D &D folk, uh, Nat 20, just crit roll their, their show and just give us some really good. And I think that we're going to get a straight Nat 20 role for the movie. It looks amazing. Unless it's one of those things where they show us all the good parts in the trailer. I'm going to go see it tomorrow. Oh, it's out? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's out. I'm going to go see it oh! tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm got my hopes up. I, I saw one trailer when I went and saw the, uh, the Titanic, uh, I've seen it like three <laughs> anniversary times. thing. Oh, you watched the trailer three times. I'm into it. Like, I, I don't know if it's going to be like the best movie I've ever seen. Uh, a couple of my friends have already seen it and said, it's going to be a romp. It's got a very kind of like Marvel sense of humor about it. It's and it's, yeah, it's just fine. What have you been up to this week? This week, I did a ton of reading. Uh, so I finished Light from Uncommon Stars by Raika Aoki, which was fantastic. It was whimsical, had so much heart to it, so much love in there. Nice exploration of the trans experience. It was all about music and a found family. It was awesome. It was a really, really good book. Um, I don't think that there was really anything about it that I was super critical about. I mean, um, the, the really short if you've read it or if you're in, interested in reading it, the, I guess the only piece of like critique that I've got for it is like there's really, really short little like blocks of like chapter breaks in it um, where things are moving around a lot. And so it kind of like kind of like messed with the tone a little bit. So there'd be like a really intense little break and then another break where people are just like eating really delicious food. And then it's like another really intense break. And it was kind of like a little all over the place tonally. 
Um, but that was that was like really my only dig at it. It's just a really fantastic book. Um, was it, it enough that it kind of pulled you out of the story and you're we like, what's happening right yeah, now? Or was I, it there was just a, it was especially in the beginning of the book um, where I was kind of like, wait, where am I again? Like, why are we mm. here now? Oh, OK. And then the uh, I think I said in my TikTok video that like I felt like the alien thing could have been. Like expanded on just I think that's just like my inner nerdiness that's just like I can never really get enough of like if you're gonna give me an alien premise like let's dig into it you know what I mean like let's do let's go all right. the way I want to know why everything is happening like this and it, it felt like it kind of took a back seat to the other things that were happening but the other things that were happening were just as interesting just in a different way so this is an awesome book I would totally recommend it to everybody um I also finished Nemesis Games which was excellent I think it's if not my very favorite expanse book so far it's like my second favorite it was awesome um really really good pov chapters in there some of my favorite characters that i got to spend the whole book with lots and lots of action they really upped the um the stakes <laughs> it was, oh my god yes, yeah they we're, did we're, they, they did i was not expecting what happened in that fifth book in the expanse so yeah we're more than halfway through the expanse now um and uh, yeah i'm loving it look out for an episode on that later this week everybody we should have that out in the next couple days tell me what you think about the amount of how do i say this without sounding foolish spaciness in there there's a lot, <laughs> lot of space stuff and a lot of like made up words you know that it's like and i get it it's a sci-fi it's got to be in there but the problem but I'll tell you what I think, but I want to hear what you think first <laughs> before I start I complaining. There's about definitely things. a lot of like, uh, so there's like a plan of sorts and then executing that plan. They bring in a lot of like uh, spaceship jargon, you know, just like, oh, uh, we've got to we, we've got to plug this stasis module into this this plasma capacitor that'll like shut off this this dissolution manifold that like and it's right, like right. i don't know what any of this the stuff subroutines is. yeah it's like i wish they would just be like yeah, I, I gotta fix the thing that makes the guns work like cool right but at the same <laughs> time the characters know what all this stuff is right so right. that's kind of nice it's it's like it's tough because it's like i want to be clued into like literally everything but for first of all i don't know what all this stuff is simply because i haven't researched i'm sure a lot of this stuff i haven't researched as much as the authors did like i'm sure a lot of this stuff exists or theoretically should theoretically, exist right. right um and i don't know a lot about like physics like there's a part in one of the books where they like roll a ship over and then shoot the rail gun so that they like drift farther out into the orbit and i'm like i guess that would work you know i don't know <laughs> like i didn't have like a napkin and a pen with me to like route out all of like the right. physics behind that so, so there's like a the lot of that kind of stuff of, like chalkboard you know <laughs> it, it does kind of lift me out of the story a little bit but at the same time like how else are they supposed to write it you know what i mean like they're they're writing a epic science fiction like in space thing you know so if they're on spaceships and they've got problems and situations that are specific to a spaceship it's like i'd rather that language was in there you know so it's like at sometimes i'm very immersed because of it and at other times i'm kind of pulled out of it and i have to slow down yeah. and i think it's at the parts kind where like things belter speak <laughs> yeah that's sometimes i love it and lots of times i really hate it yeah like when you write out a language um with not not the language but like when you write out an accent <laughs> like down to the the letter and everything it's like it, that's a really slippery slope because sometimes it's just like i don't know i literally don't know what they're saying you know but right. they do a pretty good job of kind of like you know how um if you're talking to somebody where english is their second language um a lot of the time they'll like say something uh and then they'll kind of like rephrase it a little bit you know totally um so that kind of happens exactly sure so they kind of hit yeah, it twice exactly so that happens yep. a lot in these books too um but i've noticed that 
the times that I'm getting pulled out of the story, and this happens a lot in other books that I read too, where like, I'm not really sure, like the blocking is just weird or just like the kind of explanation of specific events is kind of set up in a weird way where I'm not totally sure what's going on. And usually I don't really mind that unless there's a lot going on and I'm trying Which to figure out is. like, unless there's like a really exciting part happening and I'm, and I'm really excited. And then I kind of glance over stuff a little bit because I'm trying to figure out like what's like just unconsciously it's really exciting so you're like trying to read fast also it's like a and then it's mixture. like no I missed something because there was like two sentences there that were really important really important to, like, yeah and then I have to go back and I've you know it's like a whole yeah, thing so, you nailed yeah. it with like the blocking like they're really good at setting at, at describing the scene once it's happening but sometimes I don't know how we got to where we started I'm like that yeah and I think that they want to, to have like a big reveal sometimes where yeah. it's kind of like it's like bet you didn't think they were going to do this and it's like well right. no because i didn't even know what they were doing like, you know? <laughs> let's plan and then they just like cut the chapter and then we start with them doing something but we don't know the plan it's like yeah, yeah. I, and i, I don't know i think it's, adding the I think new words fine. on top yeah. of the mystery and it's like twice <laughs> as confusing and one of the things that i think that kind of goes along with what you're saying is like okay yes a lot of this stuff is probably real and like theory at least but you know, like Star Wars we're in, and, and Star Trek, I'm never like, oh, man, what's a dilithium crystal? And like, I'm not confused because it's so far into the future that it's like, yeah. it's kind of like magic. It's just like, eh, metachlorians, whatever, you know. But yeah. with this, it's like they're actually trying to make it make sense. And so it's like, I feel like I should be capable of understanding it. So I give it a little more effort. Yeah, but I think that maybe um, I get lost. It's hard to say if that's like kind of on you. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> like maybe you stop Googling 16 syllable words. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, sometimes it's just like, well, I, ah, this is hard to understand. And it's like, I don't know. You got a smartphone. Like, you can look it up. Yeah. But then, but that's like the class, there's is kind of a classic argument in fiction. And they talk about it in video games all the time, too. It's like, well, if I, as the reader or the person watching the movie or, or playing the game, am not able to, if it's not clear enough for me, uh, without me having to look a bunch of stuff up, then that's not a very good job communicating what's going on, right? You're not being very clear in your prose. You're not being very clear in your blocking or your right. explanation of events. Uh, so that's a weird line there because it's like everybody's got a different capacity for like what they understand and what they've researched and stuff. So it's I've, I imagine it's difficult as an author to decide, okay, like how much of this stuff do we need to put in here? How much right. of this stuff is just us throwing I would love to have James S. A. Corey on, like Ty Frank and Daniel Abraham, and be like, "Did you guys just make a lot of that stuff up?" Because yes. I don't think <laughs> I'm sure they did a lot of it, but like based upon real, but they made all of it up. So I don't know. foundational <laughs> physics, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. But we'll yeah, talk I, more I about the to... expanse on the uh, on the next okay on okay. the next uh, expanse episode. But uh, I finished uh, Matimeo, Matimeo, meant the the Redwall book. It was Matimeo. <laughs> sure uh it was, it was delightful it was very boring in the middle um <laughs> like once everybody was kind of doing the thing that was kind of the plot of the book the meal was really good but man it was bland <laughs> yeah I mean, it was yeah i mean redwall books are kind of like pancakes you know like they're yeah. really exciting at first and then and then you, you keep eating them, cream, and it's just, just like, kind of the ah. same thing over and over again. Um, but yeah brian jocks jakes uh brian jakes does not I think it's jacques it is jakes it I'm is. I looked sure it up. It, is, it was discussed in the Discord. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna default I, to the Discord. I listened here. to a YouTube video of someone being like Jacques, but it, it wasn't Brian Jacques specifically. So it was just with a French word. So maybe. Yeah, I think it's Jake's. He said it's. Yeah, well, I, he's I saying guess his last he was, name wrong. <laughs> he was in an interview where he said Jake uh, Jake's as in cakes. Oh. Okay. So and he loves cakes. 
Um, but yeah, uh, Metameo was great. I don't know if I'm going to read any Redwall books for a little while. I got kind of burnt out on that one. Um, but it wasn't bad at all. It's just like Brian Jakes definitely just he he. I feel like he starts his chapters like way too early. You know, mm. like he's just got everybody kind of milling around and like joking around with each other. And we're like talking about stuff that happened in the past, like like Cornflower will walk in, like one of the, the mice will walk in and talk to the cook for a second and just be like, oh, you remember right. that time? Like one of these little mi- mice came in and ate up all of your rhubarb or something. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, dude, there oh, are the children missing. Like what is right. going on right now? Uh, it's but- like someone's going to launch a, a missile in a movie and they're like, all right, launch the missile. It's like 99. 98 um but yeah it's good i mean i really love how he uses he uses poems a lot uh mm-hmm. which is really nice um he he just uses a lot of different methods techniques yeah like techniques and methods for for getting some stuff across and uh there's like a good mystery to stuff and the mysteries that he usually like employs and things kind of like develop the world a lot um he's he's just very in there you know and it, it, it's mm-hmm. like a nice experience i i feel like those books are just long like long they're really long like i was yeah, looking at it, i was like 220 pages into it and i was like there's still 220 pages left in this <laughs> this is a 450 page book and there's like 20 of these things so yeah uh it's- might be a little bit We'll we'll see. Maybe I'll do another one this year. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I might uh, get a hair hair and badger. Yeah, like the Long there. Patrol. I think if I'm going to read another one, it'll be the Long Patrol. But it's always nice to throw like something kind of classic in there. Something that's I guess I guess directed for younger readers. Um, but I enjoyed it just as much as an adult. Uh, I'm reading The Tommy Knockers by Stephen King, uh, which is widely considered to be one of his worst books. I've got the paperback version, and it's 780 pages long, and Whoa. it's it's rambly it's a cool idea so far i remember i started it like like seven years ago or something like like a long time ago i read the first like 50 pages of it and then put it down um but it's about a woman who finds a, a flying saucer in her backyard okay and then and she's like a published poet or author or something and um lives alone in the woods with her beagle named peter it's very creepy so far it's good like he's setting a very cool situation up i don't really see why People don't like it very much. I don't get it. It seems not the cool. Ringo star of the Stephen. I don't King know. I mean, novels. I feel I feel like it's just really long, and it feels it feels very um, rambly. And it's if there's a lot of like like the main character will just kind of be sitting in her house thinking about the UFO in her backyard, and it's like we kind of drift off the focus of that for a second, and we have like two pages talking about something else. And you know, King does that a lot, and I feel like his bigger like doorstopper books have a tendency to do that quite a bit totally uh but i don't really mind it i don't know i'm just reading it to fall asleep it's just at this point i've read so much stephen king that um i'm just so used to the writing so like if you're listening right now and you're like wondering if i should if you should start with a stephen king book don't start with the tommy knockers that's like if there was kind of like an advanced <laughs> or like a veteran <laughs> maybe not advanced advanced isn't the right word but like a veteran stephen king fan would really like you should read the Tommy yeah, Knockers if you like have red, it. Red Pill and Stephen King novels. Do you what? What's the title about? Um, so I think it's like uh British folklore. They're like mythical, like gnome-like creatures. I guess like miners used to think that they beckoned them like toward like uh like riches in 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 mines. Um, and I think there was like another like myth about them, like kind of like like old dead souls like knocking on doors as well. Um, so I don't know why that's the name of the book. Um, I have a feeling like it has to do with aliens. McDuck, like I don't think it's a Scrooge seeking... McDuck thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, uh, King probably took that 
that whatever that is and then kind of applied it to aliens uh, i'm not sure because i haven't finished the book but it's a cool name it's a creepy it's a cool name. name yeah um and then i'm also reading vinland saga i just started vinland saga it's awesome i've been watching the anime oh really oh cool. yeah. were, were you is gonna talk about that tonight story uh yeah i mean like the the i read the first chapter um, young so viking he, lad yeah he like to go he like to... climbs up the wall with his knives and like up onto the top of the crenellations and stuff and they like they like drag the big boats into the battlefield and like go around and uh it's it's awesome there's a lot of action it the writing is really funny already it's cool um it's very fast paced uh the art is great it's not as good as berserk but uh that's fine nothing's as good as berserk but i like it so much so far um and i'm very cool with reading this for a while i usually like to have some kind of like graphic novel or comic or manga or something kind of going and Vinland Saga is oh, great. It's a little different flavor in there. Did it start um, with him kind of back at home base, just no. being like an ex-warrior dad? No, uh, oh, okay. that's interesting that the show starts differently than the the manga does. Oh, yeah, that goes on for a minute. I'm pretty sure I have the first one. I do. I know I have the first one. Like it says. <laughs> reading, like the seventh one. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, yeah, Pulling I'm me. I'm very, very cool with this being the manga that I read for a little while. I'm already really excited about it, and um, I'm sure the show is good, too. How many of them are there? I think there's uh, like the 26 chapters or volumes or whatever, but I think the books that I have are like two or three of them or something, kind of like with the Berserk Deluxe Editions, um, but it's not done yet. So it's kind of like with Berserk where, but I don't think that the person that penned it all and created it uh, has passed away. So I know that Berserk is going to keep going, in uh with studio gaga and stuff his but i don't know what's it, right? going on i don't know his uh, his very good friend uh kentaro miura's uh friend who is also a mangaka is working with studio gaga uh for more berserk stuff but i don't know what the deal is with any of it i know that deluxe volume 13 either just came out or is just about to come out and i think that's the last one that miura did i'm pretty mm. sure i could be i'm a little hazy on this i have to keep a, a lot of different information in my head manga writer a manga artist yeah okay artist got it do they write the story too or do they just do the art i don't know actually i'm not sure i know that um kintaro miura did the story and the art and i'm pretty That's sure so impressive well like uh i'm pretty sure that mira and i don't know i don't know like the ins and outs of the manga industry but i think that like the main person creates the bulk of the art and then i think that the studio that they're in they've got like interns and stuff that do like kind of this the the ones that just the characters kind of like standing there talking to people and stuff like they don't want to they, i think that as as at least as berserk went i think that towards the end of berserk uh mira was working on like the big like two-page panels and stuff and like the really chaotic looking scenes and things like that the really like artistic and detailed and stylized uh panels and then he had like you know he had written out the story and then like the interns were like just having them standing around talking to each other and stuff mm. that, that's my understanding of it it could be totally different and it could be different for vinland saga as well but it's awesome i'm so happy that i'm reading it any author mangaka that can do that man it's like the, they're like the fred astaire of authors oh, seriously can, like, what an undertaking singing, you know? it's like, that wow. is ridiculous okay so that's all the stuff i've been reading i'm also reading the killing moon but i'm only like a chapter into that but that'll be we'll have an episode on the killing moon out uh this saturday uh i don't know what's going on with it it's a bunch of terms that i've never seen in my life before so yeah. i, I like the good. writing the writing so far is great i also <laughs> i watched that movie battleship that movie battleship. was oh based on the board game yeah that was really bad wow it was did really it just bad. come up and you were like 
Hail Mary. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. So I try to keep things positive around here. You all know we that. Always try to you all know that. I don't want to just trash stuff. That movie was hot garbage. It was really, really bad. <laughs> it was so, I stopped. I, I like didn't not even, even watch... fun for a bad movie. No, it was just really bad. Oh. Yeah. You know, like Pacific Rim is like kind of stupid, but really awesome. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, but it's like, you know. Have some beers and sit down with your buddies. It's, and... Yeah, it's like a pretty dumb movie. But it's dumb. Uh, but Battleship was just actually stupid. It was, oh. and... let, let, let me guess. Like the plot. I, I, I haven't seen a trailer in years. Oh, you would I'm never guess that the it's plot. Like the radar went down. Oh, and so no. we have to do like no, a hit no. or miss or trying to make the games. No, no, it's aliens, bud. It's aliens. It's aliens. What? We're doing we're... <laughs> Battleship. With like destroyers on the ocean, they like tear off one of the aliens' mask, and it's just like it just looks the same as like us with like a weird like <laughs> spiky goatee, and they're just like blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's so ridiculous, and like the oh. whole the the main character, they made him seem like the most incompetent, just horrible, horribly like inept person in the world, right? Like he's just. He can't figure it out. But he's like a lieutenant. And then like the captain dies and he's like, who's in charge here? And they're like, you're in charge now. And it's like, why? Like this guy hasn't done like the whole movie up to this point has just been him messing up this entire he's like his he's like in trouble he got in a fight with like a, a captain of a japanese ship in like a bathroom you know like and he <laughs> i can't even there's not enough bad things i could say about this movie uh everybody that was involved in it should never work again i'm just kidding it's not that bad <laughs> but it was just oh my god it was just a lot but then i did watch uh all quiet on the western front Ooh. Which was amazing. That's that movie a once was every twenty years sort of movie. Uh, did you see it? Like the newest oh, yeah. one? Oh no. no, the new one. The new it's one. It's on Netflix. Oh it, really? It, it was it was nominated for the, an Oscar and everything. Like it's a German movie because uh, no, it's a German I have book not seen too. It. I was thinking about the way old school and one. It is excellent. It's really really good. Now obviously uh, it's a movie about World War One. Uh, so if you don't have a strong constitution for violence and stuff like that, please don't watch it. There's a lot of it's pretty intense. Right. Technology is advanced enough that we can really shred each other to pieces, but not so advanced that we don't have to get close to do it. It's you not know? like first. It's not like the first 10 minutes of Saving Private Ryan bad. You know what I mean? Mm. But it's definitely in the same ballpark. And it's just it's really emotional. And um, man, like the cinematography is just it's stunning. It's stunning. It's the most beautiful movies I've seen in a while. Like the wow. the the way like the I don't know how to talk about movies, <laughs> but like the, the, the color palette for it is incredible. The acting is fantastic. Definitely watch it in German with English subtitles. Get get the feel for it. Um, it it was made with a lot of love. It's a it's a fantastic war movie. And I'm not even like a huge fan of war movies. Like I don't typically love them, but when a really good one comes around, damn! Like definitely watch that man. It's awesome. It's kind of like. They're kind of like sushi for me. It's like I don't love it all the time, but when I want it, I really want it. Yeah, and if you find a good one, like, yeah. and it's not like because I feel like some war movies, especially some from like the early two thousands, like now late nineties, kind of they kind of like glorify it a little bit, and it's a little weird, you know, because mm -hmm. I don't think it should be glorified at all. Disgusting. And I mean, I I like the the kind of, the kind of angle, like with All Quiet on the Western Front, it's like. Um, I think that the German, and if you're German, please tell me if I'm getting this right, but I think that the German translates roughly to nothing new on the Western Front or something like that. I think that the term essentially means like, you know, because on the Western Front in World War One, they were holding basically the same area 
for years like they they had only advanced back and forth like a few hundred yards and it was just it was the same spot and it was just like just throwing yeah just throwing people into this maw that's kind of what that's at least what i took from the name you know it's just this idea that it's just kind of the same old thing like it's just nothing's really changing here you know like in fallout the fallout franchise like war war never changes kind of thing right and geneva convention wasn't until 1929 right so they're still using terrible like toxins and oh, yeah. awful it's... awful weapons yeah um i mean i would say uh, it's just it's a very well balanced movie um there's like some pretty violent and pretty gruesome scenes but then there's also a lot of scenes with just like these soldiers sitting around talking and just a lot of um like heart to it you know i felt very drawn to like what was going on with these people it's ah man, it was it was great. I want to watch it again. Seriously, wow, <laughs> it's I'm, like I want to watch it. I might watch it later so tonight. Good. Yeah, you should. It's a little long. Um, uh, it's like like two hours and forty minutes or something Poor like that. Or movie should it's, be. Yeah, it was pretty long. But uh, I think that's it. I think that's. Oh wait, no, one more thing. Sorry. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm on my second uh, playthrough of Elden Ring right now. Uh, wow, hitting it I, again, huh? Couldn't stay away. It was almost a year ago, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it was almost perfect. exactly a year ago. I'm currently at the Crumbling Farm Azula, if any of you listening know ah, what that is. Crumbling Farm Azula. Mm. I've never played the game, but I would um, think that it has some sort of like class system. What, what do you build? Yeah, Maybe like yeah. a mage or a... I'm a I've got a Vagabond build, uh, so oh. I'm focusing on endurance and dexterity. And okay. I'm using a Bloodhound's Fang, which is so passive like effect. Fast. Its passive effect is uh, blood loss. So, like, if you hit something enough times, it takes a big chunk of health out of it. Uh, ah. But you got to like hit it a lot. Um, but then it scales with dexterity. You know, which which is you throwing up very... dots on that, like doing some damage over time, or is it just build it up and then activate it? Just builds the big it up. One? Yeah, it just okay. activates the the attack. Um, but I've got a really good equip load too, so I've got I can carry a lot of heavy armor. So I've got like a tanky build. Are you a DPS or a tank? I don't know what DPS means. Damage per second. It means that your oh, main goal no, is to it... deal damage as opposed uh... to soak up damage. Oh, I would say probably DPS. Yeah, DPS, like okay. I've got decent armor on, but it's not like the best armor. You know. Right. It's not like the it's not the heaviest armor, but it's just pretty good. But yeah, I guess DPS. Whenever I played like D and D and stuff, I always try to go for like the rogue classes because I like being nimble and fast, you know. But uh, it's like it always limits me in that I'm not wearing plate mail, but I'm always like in there with my little dagger, you know. But if so you it's do like, get it's hit, a high risk game. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I feel like FromSoft veterans would see my build and be like, "Oh wow, yeah." daring today aren't we <laughs> that you sounded know, like, so pretentious yeah, oh wow no, but no, no serious wow. endurance huh? <laughs> i'm a pretty boring i'm a pretty boring from soft player i pretty much always pick a melee build i pretty much always have like a, a weapon that i just i just max it out as much as i can and then i just shoot up my vitality like my health points and stuff and then i just roll around and don't get hit like Dude, that's how i play the game I'm sorry extraordinaire man yeah that's that's fine anyway that's enough about me i went on forever uh how's your week going what'd you do i loved it i also did a lot of reading i was kind of all over the place this this week because i'm trying to finish up I don't, I don't know if I should even have it a goal to be to finish, but I'm trying to get through my absolute obsession with he who fights with monsters because it's just <laughs> it's so. I'm so glad good. you found something you love this much. It's great. I don't apologize it. for it. I'm, but I'm I mean, so happy it, for they're you. all huge, and there's yeah. like twelve of them, and we have so many huge books that we're reading. So ah. I'm always like, it's like a guilty pleasure. Ah, and so I've only been allowing myself to because like when I'm reading a book for the podcast, I'm pretty engaged with that book i'm taking notes even when i'm listening to it on audiobook i'm still doing mostly that's a primary activity that i'm doing 
when I'm listening to Who Fights with Monsters, I can be doing graphic design. I can be like writing emails and stuff. It's like yeah. it can just kind of be there. Um, and that's not to say that the story is not to be trifled with. You know, it's not like a it is a little rompy for sure, but it definitely has some depth to it and growth and progression. And I just I love it. So no, much. you're just in there. I'm in there. I'm yeah, in and there. that's fine. I would never I would never want you to stop being in there. Chad, stay in there. I, I will. I will stand there. But I uh, finished one of those. I think I'm on like the fifth or sixth one. I don't know. They're so delightful. They don't have they don't force my idiot brain to remember all these t- titles. It's just like book one, book two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also almost done with Nemesis games. And we'll talk about that way more. But the only thing I want to say is I agree with you in that it is very um very like comfortably sliding into the number two position i yeah, think like i haven't finished with it yet i'm pretty close but i think um i am almost done with the book of azrael by old amber nicole amber well played i uh i like it a lot amber had a lot of fun while writing this <laughs> you could yes. t- and i don't mean that in a bad way you can just tell that her brain was like ah ideas and i'm gonna just go wild and make something fresh but taking like an old trope it's like an enemies to lovers sort of trope you know very fresh. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. And I'm I'm pretty new to the romance. Though I wouldn't call it fantasy just romance. a romance. It's got a lot of adventure and fun and action in there, too. So good job, Amber. I'm liking it. I'm almost done. I think I'm probably a lot farther into the Killing Moon than you are, and I'm liking it quite a bit. Oh, cool. I like Hell it yeah. more than fifth season. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, is do you kind of get over the hurdle of a bunch of different terms for stuff? Because I was kind of like, what is all of this? Like she threw yeah. a lot at us in the beginning, that first chapter. There's- yeah i mean there's still i'm not gonna lie to you (laughs) there's still some chapters (laughs) but i'm like huh like i definitely should know what that is but i'm reading like seven books so there's a glossary in the back oh yeah i don't i know you don't look for glossary i never look (laughs) i never look and then i always discovered at the end like with davabad oh man that's uh, like i didn't know there was a glossary in lycanius yeah but that whole (laughs) yeah lycanius oh my god um but that whole like ancient egypt it's nice to be in that vibe again you know i like it uh, i really like the author's note that nk jemison put at the beginning of this book and she was kind of like i was pulling from a lot of different stuff so armchair egyptologists like sorry if i wrote something out that says like my cat loves cheese or something like that and like that's what somebody's name means and I, I don't know i'm sorry out. yeah like i don't know i'm sorry Only i was just making it... of the gods <laughs> <laughs> like i was just making up my own fantasy world and pulling stuff from <laughs> stuff i like so i just i love uh jemison has a very like um like fantastical and serious laid back approach it's so well interesting said. you know what i mean like yeah oh totally yeah like she's it just gets a like, little dark yeah sometimes but it's, but it's but, also like like oh but the way that she i feel like the way that she like crafts her sentences together like down to the line uh is there's something about it that's just kind of like this is my style you know like this is how i write and uh, I, don't, I don't care like i she has like a very confident approach to like how these sentences sound and and like the way that she builds out the paragraphs and stuff i just love reading it her prose is excellent and she's like every time i hear someone complain about my writing style i just look at my uh three awards and my guinness book of world records hanging Seriously, there just that i won in a win in that stuff so <laughs> she's she's uh she's a she's a very good writer i didn't the story of the fifth season didn't really resonate with me so much too much but i did really like the writing um i like this one more I think the first book in Broken Earth, like now that I've had some time to kind of like sit awesome. on it for a little while, I feel like the fifth season was 
outstanding. Like a, I don't do number systems, but I would say it's like a 10 out of 10 fantasy book. It's excellent. And then Obelisk Gate like really drops down for me as far, not like in quality, but as far as like my interest in what was going on. And it then the third the book, second book blues. Yeah. But the third book like really brought it back up and ended like by the end of the third book, like just in just ridiculous things are happening. And it's just like the <laughs> spectacle of it is so cool. But um, I felt like it took a while to get there from like the initial high that was the first book in the broken earth so i'm kind of excited to read a, like a duology by jemison i think it's just going to be like a consistent awesome story you know yeah yeah and this one's pacing is far better and by the time i mean i'm glad that you, that was your experience with fifth season i feel like i i did myself a disservice when i was reading it because at about like a third like three-fourths of the way through book two, I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> and then I yeah. saw the whole rest of it through that filter. So when the last book was actually really exciting and fun, uh, I was just like, of course, now it's good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, I didn't oh, maybe wow. That They're like the throwing one. planets around. I guess it, yeah, okay, it's got to cool. save it for the last couple. Of... <laughs> yeah, totally. So, you know, I think uh, that was probably a me thing. Um, okay, so I know... I say I'm all over the place. And one of the main reasons was for that is I started watching shadow and bone on Netflix. Oh, and it's awesome. Yeah. I've heard really good things about it. It's very good. And it was so good. In fact, that I was like, I should read this book. Oh and I have the book. man. Here we go. So I picked it up and started reading <laughs> it. And then I like, it's been weird. I've been like chaptering and then like hitting the show and then going back to the, I've been like kind of doing both at the same time, which is that's weird. a way to do it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that Kaz Brecker and crew was in this. Yeah. Series. I had heard that. Um, I haven't watched the show and I haven't read the trilogy, so I don't really know much about all of that. I know. Isn't it like more focused on um, the, the magical aspect of the world, right? Yep. I know it's kind of stumbled my way through that sentence, but that's kind of what, what it is right yeah there's like this ancient uh grisha i think is what they're called the magicians who grisha, that's what um, it is, yeah so he was full of hatred and resentment and via using dark shadow magic he created this thing called the fold which like separates this kingdom down the middle i think is my rough understanding um and the fold is just like these walls of black, like the wall in Game of Thrones, except it's made out of black smoke. And if you go in there, there are creatures that will just rip you to pieces. It's like demon oh, land wow. in there. Okay. And so it's, um, and, you know, there's been the prophecy that the sun Grisha, like a sun bender will come about that can cancel out the shadow magic. And uh, it's really cool. The world is awesome. It was never, I think, I don't know this because I'm not far enough into either the show or the book, but I think this happens pre uh, Six of Crows. Yeah, I think you might be right about that. Timeline. -wise. I think one yeah. of the characters from Shadow and Bone is in like the first chapter of Six of Crows. Oh, okay. I could be, I read it so long ago. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, Lee Bardugo, she's such a gifted writer. I mean, like, the, it's so, so readable. Gifted. It's, you just glide over it. Like when I was reading Ninth House, when I was reading Six of Crows and uh, Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom, I just it was so effortless. She's just the way that she writes is just so, and it's not easy in the sense that it's like simplistic and not at all. You know what I mean? It's just those characters are wildly complicated. Yeah, she's just very good at doing it. I don't know. Yeah, she's awesome. One of her strengths is uh, her, her characters really have a, a a solid life off of the page, and that's one of the things that the show is kind of lacking. And I don't know how you would do that really i mean there's ways but you know i'm not a i'm 
more of a book person, but like, I don't know. I just, if I was only watching the show, I wouldn't have the same sort of emotional connection with Kaz and Inej and Jasper. Like Jasper, Jasper, unfortunately. Was, what? I was just saying, I love Jasper. I love him so I love much. Jasper too. He's yeah. one of my favorites and he's done kind of a, a disservice in the show, in my opinion, is he's just the comedic relief. No. Yeah, like he's cool. No. And like Jasper he is in so the book deeper too. Than he's that. like lighthearted no, he's and way fun, deeper than but he's that. Yeah. Way deeper. Ah, and his past sucks. and the things that he struggles with. And it's like in the book, he's just like the one or in the show, he's just like the one liner guy. And it's like uh, it's like what I was worried about with um the Wheel of Time show is that they would just make Matt Cawthon like just the the dorky like comic relief. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, I mean Matt for sure is that. Yeah, and so books. is Jasper, but, but he's not. But just it's that. more than that, yeah, for sure. Right. Or and like the, Ron Weasley, like they made Ron yeah. in the Harry Potter movies, like just absolutely just dumb. Just like a, just dumb. he just likes to eat. Like that's Ron's thing right. in the movies. Just, just he just likes rat. to eat, and he's just like got a face that he's always scared of stuff. And it's like, no, there's a reason that he's Harry's best friend, you know, right. like, or one of the two, you know. Like, there's a reason, you know. Right. But ah, that's lame. Yeah. Whatever. So I should, and and it's not the actors job i want to be real clear on that because i really like the actor that they got to play him but i don't i think he was just written poorly yeah um, but kaz is killing it and inej is a hard character to pull off right because she's quiet and without being able to have access to her brain like you do in book form it's really hard to act that and i don't think they're doing her well at all actually <laughs> yeah i mean i've been kind of debating watching the show or like reading the books and i talked we talked about reading them on here um, which I think would have been cool, but we kind of like packed up already for this year and everything. But I mean, I I'm mean, sure at I'll some read point them again I'll... for sure. Yeah, I want to get to them at some point. That might be like kind of like a, a next year kind of trilogy that we do. Yeah, it's weird. I've been in this like uncommitted, not I've been in this committed, not committed phase of like being like, well, maybe I'll just watch the show. And so I'll put the book down. I'll watch a couple episodes. And I'm like, I love this story. So I didn't like cool, read the no, book. And... You have like a genuine opportunity to do that. So why wouldn't yeah. you? That's a good way to do it. And there's two seasons out, which is cool that I get a lot of content, you know? Are they doing like one season per book? I don't know how the stories are tracking because a lot of the stuff and I'm probably six episodes into the first season. And I feel like a lot of the stuff is from Six of Crows, like the whole like Nina being taken by the um, I don't remember the 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 Grisha haters that yeah. her um, the guy who she has a romantic Matthias. inclination Ma Matthias. Matthias, Matthias, yeah. Um, I think that's happening in the show right now. Like she's on board the ship. She was taken by them, and she's kind of developing like a relationship with this guy. I haven't learned his name. I probably just have and didn't notice. But it's like I'm pretty sure they're mixing them a little bit. And then I'll wrap with a fun little John that I. This was something that I was barely watching because I was very engaged in the other things that I was doing. But it was a. Uh, I guess it would be like a young adult movie called Rim of the World, where like this youngling finds friends in unlikely places as he's forced by his mother to broaden his his nerdy NASA loving horizons and go to summer camp. But the world is attacked and invaded by shape shifting aliens shortly after he gets there. Oh, cool. And uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> then he's like out like on a canoe ride and then he comes back to camp like no one's there. They all left the mountain and this <laughs> this this uh astronaut from nasa like crash lands and is like crawls out of the little hatch and is like you got to get this key to nasa it's it's the only way we can kill the aliens oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so this like nine-year-old you know and his troop of friends who all like have like major insecurities you know and they overcome them it's a very heartwarming tale there were many times i looked up and i was like oh this looks like great. a uh the 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 boys on bikes trope 
Yes. Yeah. There's even yes. a picture I'm looking at it right now where they all have it's, bikes and they're not absolutely. Uh, they teach they, him to ride a bike. Nice. He's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it was great. If you're looking for like a, a fun little thing you can watch with the kids and maybe teach them some fun life lessons about overcoming your fears. Uh, this is it. Oh yeah. Man, we both had packed up weeks. That's so cool. We did. Yeah. Let's do the uh, fictional fun fact and then All right. wrap Let's her see. up. The 62 books in the mainline Goosebumps series were published in only 53 months. Man, even reading that, I am shocked. <laughs> Again, R.L. Stein published more than a book a month for almost five years. That is prolific. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously there's like the knee jerk kind of, well, I mean, they're only like 150 pages long or whatever. But still, I mean, Doesn't that matter. is a ridiculous amount of writing to do. And like those are fun books. They're good. You know, yeah. they're not all the same. They're actually pretty different from each other. Like, it's good. This is a good. Is, I kind of want to go read a Goosebumps book. Me too. I do. I never, uh, never got allowed to watch the listen. And it was never allowed to read the Goosebumps because. It's such a sheltered childhood. Mom, if you're listening. And now look at you. I you, know. Look what you turned into. I know. A big giant nerd. <laughs> See what happens. No, Goosebumps would have been right up my alley. See what happens, parents, when you shelter your children. They turn out to be nerds. They turn out to be podcast hosts. Though, what, you know, I probably crueler was, fate. I was probably nicer to my sisters having not watched Arthur, you know, and all yeah, that vitriol. He would sit so mean. Uh, man, yeah, I kind of was thinking it'd be fun to like read a Goosebumps book together and we then should. do like a whole like recap and discussion and just do like an over like a like a 10th a grade very serious like, review <laughs> like a like a 10th grade english class kind of like so what did you think uh mr stein meant when when the demon rabbit came out of the hat <laughs> like right oh i think what that's a metaphor for climate right, change yeah. actually yeah that <laughs> oh you know, gosh, dude, I remember, that really fun episode probably I, that would be so much fun i would really like to do that i remember reading lord of the flies and being just like so annoyed because at that point i was a a, a voracious reader and i was just like oh, i do not spend this much time like analyzing the tiniest little details of the books that i read like it was a fun book and then they school destroyed it for me i will never read it again it's really interesting because i feel like uh, with, uh for lord of the flies is a decent example but i mean um i feel like there are a lot of uh things in that book that you could consider uh symbolic and maybe even william goldman like uh wanted it to be that way right he had that intention and everything but i remember even when i was in high school and we had like this sheet um and it was like a bunch of it was like a, like the glasses the conch shell the like the exact like, same sheet right man. and we were exactly we were in the same school district about. so yeah they yeah, probably gave us true. the same thing so i remember um even when even when i was like a 15 year old i was kind of just like i don't know how much i can really write about any of this yeah. like, it, it's there for like sure but like i Right, exactly. Like, I don't know if I can really do that much into it. And that's why I feel like, um, you know, like when I was reading, um, like Weathering Heights, I felt like, like I wrote an essay on that and I, I got a good grade on it because I felt like I could actually like talk about it. You know what I mean? Um, right. and I, and I felt like I could have written a decent essay on like what Lord of the Flies is about, you Overall. know? Like, yeah. But like, Cause it's like got one or two primary messages and all the things support that. Yeah, like the glasses getting smashed is like a representation for like our over-reliance on technology and so it's right. just like man i don't know like maybe but <laughs> maybe the I kids the glasses author is frustrated it's just with like English a violent teachers. thing that happened you know like i don't know it's the whole curtains are blue thing um but yeah. i i feel like with a lot of stuff um 
like authorial intent is uh it matters to a certain extent and then also i mean whatever you're pulling out of it is what you're pulling out of it and this is going to sound a little bit like a like i'm on my soapbox just a, just a little bit as we start to wrap Preach this it. up but it, baby. i mean i i feel like it's it's almost like detrimental to uh like formative readers it's so it's so difficult because like obviously you want experience on you want, well you want kids to like pull a lot out of books obviously and like question right. what they're reading and things like that but at the same time it's like if you turn everything into work you know and you turn it into like okay so like everything that you're reading has more behind it than what you're reading it's like yes that is the case sometimes but like making it into this thing where now you're digging around for stuff and now you like feel like if you don't dig for something, then you're dumb and you're and you're not smart enough to doing understand, right? And you're doing it wrong, and like that's not necessarily what it is. You yeah, know? they're like teaching kids to judge themselves. Like how many times you heard the the tale of, and we hear it a lot, uh, doing what we do is just like, man, I didn't read for 10, 15 years after high school, and then I finally, you know, found a podcast or found one of my buddies talking about a book or something and got back into it. And I love it. And it's like, yeah, you've missed out because they're so awesome because you were taught to hate something that should be loved. Well, and they, like, like I said, obviously, I mean, like thinking critically about what you read is not the issue. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's almost like this idea that if, if you're not able to pull every ounce of symbolism out of a book, then you didn't read it correctly. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of thing. It's like, I can see why people would get so discouraged with re being forced to read in high school to the point that it felt like you were clocking into a job, you know, like, you, like, you, you didn't do enough. So now you don't get a good enough grade. And it's like, ah, that's, that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody um, when they have like their own kind of like limited experience at, a, especially at a young age, uh, yeah. going into something that's uh that could be considered very deep or symbolic and maybe they are pulling stuff out of it maybe they're pulling stuff out of it that was not authorial intent but does resonate with them you should write an essay on that you know right. like what did they pull out of it not what is like but i don't know i'm not a teacher i don't i'm a parent or i'm not a parent or anything so obviously uh i run a podcast i'm not a, i'm not an english teacher but it is interesting the overabundance of people that uh like you said didn't read for a decade after they finished school it's like they're not lying you know what i mean like right it's a real thing they didn't it's totally so a real thing what's the uh what's going on there yeah, <laughs> what the hell I happened fantasy novels as my my faithful companion all throughout so i never uh never stopped having the little little side book well uh everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode this was a nice long one chad and i were shooting for like 30 minutes but uh <laughs> it's pretty late at night right it's now just, we're yeah, like, let's is, do a pretty yeah. fast one here <laughs> nope uh so yeah chad thank you for sorry doing the we love what we do too much we do we do so much we love, we love that you were here to listen to this episode thank you for having us be a part of your monday morning or your tuesday morning or whatever day you're listening to this on if you're on your way to work don't work too hard just 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 don't you did it already you woke monday. up you took a shower you did the thing you were supposed to do uh then yeah go home read some cool books play some cool games, watch some cool stuff. Chad and I will see you on the next episode of Book Reviews Co., which will probably be our Nemesis Games episode for Book 5 in The Expanse. And then you can look forward to our Friday Forge episode. Make sure to join the Discord. Join up on the Patreon. You're all the best. You're all great. We love you all. You're fantastic. <laughs> what did you? What was the food analogy at the beginning? Oh, I love the, it so the much. Nilo, the Nilla wafers in our banana pudding. Uh, that's, that's like the best one so far. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. And you all deserve the most delicious of food analogies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I hope you all have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.